Each month, we cross the Atlantic to the headquarters of the National Federation of the Blind in the United States. Chris Danielson gives us his monthly update on some of the big topics there relating to sight loss. And Chris is with us now. Hi, Chris. How are we? Doing all right, Alan. How are you, sir? Not too bad, not too bad. Now, we've got a few things to talk about today. You know you've got uh, some holiday stuff coming up, and you've also got some news on something which is a kind of global impact, really. It's silent and these kind of hybrid vehicles. So the silent and hybrid electric vehicle uh, issue has been around for a long time, but it's been a while since we talked about it. But that doesn't mean it's gone away. More and more of these vehicles are on the road, and it's really important that they make a safe level of sound because right now they're dangerous to people who are blind or who have vision loss and really to all pedestrians because if you don't have any warning that one of these vehicles is near you and even if you're not blind as a pedestrian, you may be distracted by something else. And, of course, now we can hear cars, but as more of these silent or quiet vehicles come on the road, we won't be able to hear them as easily. So this is a really important issue. Now, the United States actually passed a law about this over five years ago that said that these vehicles need to make a safe level of sound in order to keep pedestrians safe. And that law was called the Pedestrian Safety Enhancement Act. But the way that laws often work in the United States is that while Congress said that there had to be a safe level of sound, it didn't specify, for example, what that safe level of sound was, how many decibels, for example, or it didn't say there's a certain point at which tire noise and wind resistance and so forth make more noise than a car engine. So you don't need the vehicle to make a sound at all speeds necessarily, an artificial sound. You may only need the vehicle to make a noise below a certain speed. So the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, which is the agency that our Congress tasked with figuring all this out is the agency that actually had to write what are known as regulations to implement the law. And so they have finally come out with the regulations. It took uh, quite a while. It took much longer than it was supposed to, actually. But to their credit, they have done it. These regulations contain those actual technical specifications that I was talking about. What is the speed below which this sound needs to be made? Does it need to be louder in certain situations than in certain other situations? And that kind of thing. So finally, final regulation has come out, which means that now the clock begins to tick on the actual implementation of the law. And within the next two or three years, automakers who are selling cars in the U.S. will have to comply with this law. And of course, automakers don't just sell cars to the U.S. market. So they will probably manufacture these cars in such a way that that they will have this artificial sound and it will benefit other parts of the world as well. And in addition to that, we're continuing to work with others internationally on a global technical specification for what hybrid and electric vehicles should sound like in order to be safe for pedestrians and cyclists. 
it is a global issue and you know yourself chris and indeed myself you know if you're out with a guide dog or a cane and you're crossing roads you know sometimes it is incredibly difficult to hear these vehicles and you can understand why people are worried or you know even people who have partial sight or people with hearing difficulties as well there's all sorts of issues even when these cars come around corners quickly and i know one of the concerns that that we had in this country was that there were calls for the drivers to have the ability to switch off the audible sound which in in the end really kind of nullifies having it in the first place Right, exactly. I mean, unfortunately, we can't leave this to the judgment of the drivers because not everybody has the same judgment as to when to switch off the sound. And even if most people do, you know, it's very easy to switch something like that off and forget to turn it back on. So, you know, the argument that we hear a lot is, well, you know, very late at night when you don't want to disturb people, maybe it would be good to switch these things off. But in reality, it's better for everybody so that people don't forget to control the sound if it's just switched on. And in the United States, at least, the law specifically says that the sound cannot be switched off, that the manufacturer cannot put in a switch that allows the sound to be turned off. Now, whether that same thing happens on the global scale is still kind of an issue, but recently because of uh, some accidents that have happened some of the countries that were insisting on a, a switch off capability are actually backing off on that position so hopefully that won't be a problem some great news there chris um and just finally a few things to talk about you've got some events coming up and one of them quite similar to here in the uk chris we've just launched with rnib and titch the elf our letters to santa where blind and partially sighted children can get a letter in braille in large print and even an audio from santa himself you guys do something in the states too yes absolutely you know santa has to have his helpers all over the world and and clearly you guys are helping him out in the UK and we're helping him out in the US get braille letters to blind boys and girls at Christmas time so everybody can enjoy actually being able to get a letter from Santa Claus and read it themselves. So we have a form that people can fill out on our website that parents can fill out at www.nfb.org and they can make sure that their children who are under 10 years old get a braille letter from santa they'll also get a print version of the letter so that the parents know what santa has promised or not promised (laughs) you know it's kind of important to know that and we also actually include some christmas time activities for the children to do along with the letter. So we've had, you know, tactile drawings that kids can color before. We had a recipe that the family could do. So we always include something like that as well. And it's a fun program and we always get a lot of response to it. So so we always look forward to that. It's right back to Santa and right back to us. And so uh, it's always fun to read those letters as well. Fantastic. Chris, it's a great news there on uh, the silent uh, cars work being done there. And of course, uh, Santa as well. So lots of the uh, kids in the US blind and partially say to get in touch with you. If people would like to find out more about the NFB or more on the topics we've been discussing, Chris, how can they do that? 
Oh, there's lots and lots of ways, an ever-increasing number of ways. <laughs> Our website, of course, is www.nfb.org. We have all the usual social media. You can like National Federation of the Blind on Facebook. Our Twitter handle is at NFB underscore voice. We have the Nation's Blind podcast. We also have a YouTube channel that is also called The Nation's Blind. And we have good old-fashioned email. You can reach us with questions or comments just by emailing nfb at nfb.org. I love how we now refer to email as good old email, <laughs> Chris. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Pleasure as always uh, speaking with you, Chris. We'll catch up with you again next month. For the moment, thank you for joining us on RNIB Connect Radio. Thanks again for having us, Alan.